to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Today is our last episode we're going to do before LashCon. Woohoo! Yeah, it's exciting, guys. We cannot wait. Well, we, we might try to squeeze one more in for you just for good time's sake, but I don't know if I'm going to have that kind of time. But for now, this is it, and we're going to bring back Lash. Lash. Lance Courtney, who spoke a couple weeks ago. We had an episode with him a couple weeks ago where he was our closing speaker, but we also did a breakout session with him. It was amazing. He talked about the front desk and how you can get more out of your front desk. So if you have a team, you have a salon, you definitely want to listen. And even if you don't, you're going to be able to take some nuggets away for you personally that is going to make you better when you're interacting with your guests. So it's a great episode, guys. I promise you it's definitely worth sticking around for. And before we get into that, real quick, one announcement, guys. As I said, LashCon is coming up. It's this Sunday and Monday. It's your last chance to buy your ticket. You can, by the way, guys, we have the payment plan still in place. We decided to hold on to it because it's a hard time people financially. So all you have to pay is 50% now, and then you'll pay the other 50% in December. All right, guys? So you're basically 209 split in half, and you're good to go. So just go to www.thelashconference.com, sign up today, and get in there. And by the way, we have our virtual TikTok viewing party on Sunday night with um, Sheila Bella, Allie from Last Anarchist. It's going to be amazing. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. But if you are attendee, you need to make that TikTok video, guys. We're going to be giving away all these prizes, tickets to LashCon, as well as a lot of cool swag that we got from from our sponsors, thousands of dollars of stuff that we have to give to you. How how horrible is that? So you definitely want to make that video. It's what, 15, 30 seconds, something fun, something funny, something inspirational, or maybe something meaningful to you. And you submit it and send it to Paul at LashCastPodcast.com. And then we're going to put all those videos in and we're going to watch them on Sunday night and have a blast, guys. It's going to be great. Oh, by the way, we also have a special guest joining us, Bailey Suck from Arsuk. I'm sorry, I feel terrible. She's, if you don't follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. She's been on TV on these dance competitions. She's going to teach us all a dance, guys. We have a 30-second dance we asked her to teach us and we're going to film it and ask all of you guys to post on Instagram. It's going to be really fun. Plus, Erica's husband, Peter, is going to be making us a special cocktail. We'll have that there that you can download and you can make it in your home and we're going to have a virtual toast all over the world. So, lots of fun stuff, guys. You don't want to miss LashCon. So, go sign up today. Be there. Learn some stuff and connect and have some fun with your Lash family. All right, guys, that's my last pitch for LashCon. You won't hear about LashCon, at least me pitching it for a while. We're going to take a break from it, get back to the normal routines of helping you with your business. But until then, uh, this is it, guys. So go and sign up now. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Lance Courtney talking about basically how you can up your game with your front desk. Super excited to introduce our next speaker to you. This is Lance Courtney, and we first met him at Serious Business. It is another fabulous beauty show. It is in um, New Orleans, and he was one of the breakout speakers. And at the time, we had a salon. It was Integrity Lash, and we had a front desk system. And what he talked about completely added so much benefit to the experience, not only the customer service part, but also our retail. And we are so excited to have him here. I wanted to share a couple things about um, how accomplished he is. He is the um, co-owner and um, uh, of uh, 
VP Easy Hair Extensions. And the cool thing about this is this company was voted two years in a row as best hair extensions from um, Beauty Launchpad. You guys know that as an industry magazine, very similar like to Salon Today or Modern Salon. So it's quite an accomplished to be given that distinction. The other thing about him is he is a coach. He's a certified dream coach. And this is special too because this company is, is, is global. It's not just um, domestic. And he is one of 600 um, certified dream coaches. He is the father of twin girls, and um, he is a coveted uh, guest speaker on many different podcasts. There's one out very recently. It was uh, the B series, and also um, Millennium, which is super popular in the hair world. It, it's it's kind of like Booker, but it's a great system. So he's been a, a guest on that. So I'd like to welcome to uh, Lance Corden to the stage. Come on up, Lance. Us. Save a little bit for the end, everybody. Okay, cool. So how many of you, by a show of hands, want to earn more, learn more, live a more abundant life? Okay, it looks like we have 100% across the board. Now, I'm one of those coaches and speakers who really believe that anybody trying to sell you a map is most likely trying to sell you snake oil. I don't believe that there's a step-by-step map, but I do believe that there is a compass. And it's just really up to you to try and figure out what is your true north. In speaking to people, I know that there are some people here who are solopreneurs. There are people that have employees. And I just want to do a temperature check to see who is in the room. How many of you have employees that work for you and with you by a show of hands? Okay, wow, that's a lot of you. That's good, fantastic. And then how many of you are a solopreneur? I mean, you own your own business, but you do all of the stuff. Raise your hand. Okay, good, thank you. Glad you're here. So, I'm Lance Courtney. Everybody, what's your name at the same time? One, two, three, go. Okay, great. There's going to be a test a little bit later, so remember that. So, what I'm going to share with you in the little bit of time that we have is I want to get into some real tactical things, some things that you can walk away with and really implement into your business. Now, typically, some of the things that I'm going to be sharing with you are shared over a nine-week period for 90 minutes at a time. I have something called a Top Gun front desk course, and we'll typically have anywhere between 20 to 30 salons with anywhere between three to five people per salon logging in from all over the United States and Canada, or sometimes we do this as a one-day course. So within the 60 minutes that we have, I want to cut to the chase and get into some really tactical stuff. So let's talk about the title of the class, Disrupting Customer Service. Question. How important is customer service on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most important? All right, good, 10. Some of you have seen Spinal Tap. This goes to 11. Right. So I'm going to challenge that because you didn't come here to do business as usual. You came here to do business unusual. Would you agree? And I thank Paul and Tuss for putting this amazing event together specifically for the Lash community, which is great. Now, If you were to ask me maybe 12, 15 years ago how important customer service is, I would maybe have agreed with you. However, I want to challenge that concept and 
I want you to consider that customer service, as important as it might seem to be, is the lowest level of experience that you could potentially provide within your organizations. And I say that because you can go anywhere. You can go to the tire shop, the pizza place, whatever, and you can get what's called customer service. That tried and true, smile, say please, thank you, have a great day, come see us again kind of thing. But there's really no value and there's no traction, there's no scalability in that. So you came here to level up. And the next level from customer service is we have customer care. Well, this is more than semantics. It's what you think about as far as customer service, right? But with a level of empathy, meaning you walk in the customer's shoes. You know what it's like to be a customer, and you filter everything that you say, do, and all of your interactions, and all of the staged experiences are done with a degree of empathy. Something as simple as giving, for those of you who have spaces where you, know, you have parking and it's a traditional type business, something as simple as giving the guest a tour. Well, what does that do? Well, in the event you have to step away and do something, the guest doesn't have to ask anybody where the restroom is, right? So you keep the guest on the happy path. How do you do that? Well, customer cares through empathy. Is everybody picking up what I'm throwing down? Yeah? Okay. Now, the next thing is how do you go, how do you level up from customer care? Well, the next thing is customer support. What does that mean? Well, it means when something goes aloof, something unexpected and or unpleasant happens, you address it with empathy, that's care, and with support, meaning you are solution-centric. Too many people, when something wrong happens, they focus sorely on the problem, and then what do you do when you focus on the problem? You just get a bigger problem. So if you empathize with the problem, but then you move quickly to a solution, right? the guest feels heard, and at the same time, you're moving that guest to their expressed and desired goal. So really looking at things... Always, always, always movement. Ultimately, the goal is customer success, and that really means that you want your guests leaving your organization having had a successful experience, not just with the technical application and the desired result, but in between the time that they leave and the time that they come back, maybe for that reapplication or that next touch-up service, Right? Do they have all of the tools that they need in order to maintain what it is that you have done? Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Say yes. Yeah. All right. Which could mean retail, which could mean customer care instructions. Think about it. People only retain 10% of everything that they hear. So you're thinking, wow, wait a minute. I told her not to do this, 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 that. I told her that she needed to do this, this, that, and the other thing. She agreed. And then she went home. She did the exact opposite. Right? What's wrong with her? Well, the thing is, you have to remember that you as a customer don't always retain everything and all the information as well. So what do we need to do? We need to think for them and think of them. What do we do to set them up to win so they are successful? Because getting them to look good when they leave your organizations, that's a small part of it. Making sure that they look good when you run into them at the grocery store or in between time and in the meantime, making sure when the phone rings, it's because someone's calling to make an appointment, not to make a complaint. Everybody clear? Say yes. yes. Everybody see the game? Say yes. yes. Okay. So 
I'm going to talk really quick uh, for those of you who, and I, again, I'm going to get into some tactical things here. I'm going to go back and forth, so this is, applies to everybody. But for those of you who actually have a front desk employee, or for those of you who split your time and you are that front desk employee from time to time, I'm going to share a few facts with you. Front desk employees will engage with a customer a minimum of four times for every one time a technician performs a service, meaning they have the incoming call, the outgoing confirmation call. In addition to that, they also have the in-store greeting, and they have the checkout and the fond farewell. That's a minimum of a four-to-one ratio. If you have a front desk employee, it absolutely behooves you to make sure that that front desk employee is highly trained. Everyone say highly trained. Highly trained, because it's interesting to note that a $12 employee can lose you a $5,000 client, right? Because they actually will spend more time with that particular customer than the technician. And if you're the technician, right, I want you to consider that. So, front desk employees are often the last to receive any credit when things go well and the first to receive the blame when things go wrong, we got to fix that. See, anytime there's opportunity, there's obligation. So we really need to fix that. And how do we do that? Well, we have to look at that root cause. But let's go on. Most front desk employees are undertrained and overburdened. Here's what most training looks like with front desk employees. Okay, here's the computer system. Here's the booking system. Here's how we answer our phone. See the white spaces. This, that, and the other thing. Oh, by the way, Gloria only works uh, half a day on Wednesdays. Da, 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 da. Got it? Okay, good luck. And you throw them to the wolves. Right? So less than 30% of online complaints on Yelp or Google actually refer to the front desk. So what is my point? My point is you have a lot more in common with your customers than you think, and I'll tell you why. How many of you flew on an airplane to get here? Okay, fantastic. So I want you to consider this. Now, I live in San Diego. I drove up yesterday. It was a two-hour drive, right? But... Uh, at the wrong time, it could actually take five hours to get here, right? That's just Southern California traffic. But think about this. If you flew on an airplane, or if you've ever flown on an airplane, you know as you're being flung through the air at 700 miles an hour, at 35,000 feet in the sky, in a steel pressurized tube surrounded by flammable jet fuel going through the air at 700 miles an hour, that it could be chaotic. But they have a system, and that system works, and it's designed to support you and the crew to get from where they are to where you need to be in statistically the safest form of travel there is. Now, let's talk about this though. Have you ever had a delayed flight? Have you ever had a cancel flight? Have you ever sat on the tarmac for an hour or two wondering if you're going to make your connection only to get where you're going to go and know that you're going to miss your flight and have to cancel plans, etc.? Have you been there? So I want you to consider and think and talk about how that feels emotionally. How does that feel? Yeah, frantic, stressful, right? Irritated. Keep going. Diarrhea. <laughs> wow, it really impacts you, or the opposite of impact. Okay. So when you look at that, you get frustrated, you get upset, you get angry. Of course, it's just a negative disruption. And consider this. At any point in time, I can promise you, none of you probably said, well, you know what, considering the max crosswinds for a 737 are at 30 knots, and right now crosswinds are about 42 knots, air traffic control actually made the best decision in the name of my safety. <laughs> no, see, you don't extend benefit of the doubt. Here's what you do. That's the last time I'm flying southwest. 
See, damn it, it's always Americans. See, Americans, they're the worst, right? You instantly go and you blame the entire organization. Your customers are the same way. They don't stop to really consider or extend the benefit of the doubt. All they know is something happened and they got off of the happy path. Something happened and for whatever reason, it didn't align with what their expectations are. And one thing you can take to the bank is an unmet expectation will always, everyone say always, will always create an upset. So that is why you and your customers are very much alike. Now, if you take that into consideration, and now you understand the definition of customer care instead of customer service, and you know that the goal is not customer service, but customer success, now we can work towards designing a different experience, or in the words of Ralph Kaplan, redesigning a different experience. So, Let's take a look at this, team. What's most important to the customer? I'll go through this very, very quickly. Some people say it's trust. Some people say it's to be understood, heard, to be an excellent listener, have good technical skills, you know, be appreciated, valued, making it all about the guests, professional, consistent, etc. I'm going to share something with you, and I think that as a business owner, as a trainer, I believe that if you're going to dispense anybody, if they're going to dispense expert advice, they have to have done a lot more than just good research. They have to have walk to walk, talk to talk, etc. So I'm sharing a lot of experiences, and I think there's a silver lining in even sharing negative things because you can learn from your experiences and others. Yes or yes? All right. So I had a salon wanted to bring me in. And you know, one of the things I'll talk about on the main stage today is the importance of numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So the salon, they decided to bring me in and they wanted me to do a two-day in-depth, full immersion, on-site training with all of their locations. So I, from the outside, everything looks good. Uh, celebrity hairdressers, they're on TV, da-da-da-da. You know, it's like looking at a car and the coat of paint is nice and shiny. But then I look at the numbers, because numbers tell you what emotions will not. And when I look at the numbers, it's interesting. They had 4,546 new clients, of which 1,795 returned. That means the non-retained customers were 2,751. Wow. Okay, what does this mean? So that's the situation. If you think of spin, I'll say that really quick, situation, problem, impact, and need. This is what consultants and coaches look at. Right? Situation, problem, impacted need. When you're doing a consultation, same thing. Situation, what's the situation? Problem, what's the problem? The problem and the impact are not the same. The problem is my eyelashes are very thin, and my husband has thicker eyelashes than I do, and he's an asshole. And, right? Whatever. So the problem and the impact are completely different. The impact is, you know, I'm always wearing sunglasses because I'm kind of embarrassed about how thin my eyelashes are. And then the need is, well, I need thicker, fuller lashes. Is everybody picking up what I'm throwing down? Say yes. So you can use the spin technique with everything. In this case, you look at the numbers. Now, when we look at this, we already know that the non-retained customers are 2,751, right? That's the problem. But what's the impact? Well, the average per client ticket in this particular salon is only 52.43. Now, some of the people are charging 150 to 200 dollars a haircut, but they have five different levels. Some of them are charging less. Across the belly of the beast, here's what that says. What does this mean? Well, it means these, the 2,751 clients that never returned, right? The cost of that is 144,000. Say, ouch. But hair grows in gravity pools. 
right? Just like you have guests that need to come in multiple times throughout the year. Yes or yes? All right? So here's the cost of that, right? Now, because hair grows in gravity pools, if you're good at what you do in the hair world, you're going to see your guests 10 times a year, right? So you've got to think about how many times you're seeing your guests. That frequency of visit number is huge, right? Let's say these people aren't even good at what they do on average, but they come in every six weeks, which is eight visits. Here's what this particular salon loss, and when you include retail, this salon loss, oops, $1.7 million. $1.7 million, right? That's a lot. Would you agree? However, within every problem and the impact of every problem exposes a need. So how do we deliver great customer experiences? Now, let's go back to this person, right? Somebody comes in, and whether you are a solopreneur or you have employees that work for you, if somebody's never been there before and they see somebody at the desk, they automatically assume that they are a what? It rhymes with manepsionist. Very good, right? Now, and at some point when some of you start to grow your businesses, you will hire somebody to work the front desk. Some of you already have dedicated people that work the front desk. However, what is in a name? Think about this. To call this person a receptionist, when you consider the fact that on any single given day, they're going to answer more calls, book more appointments, greet more people, give more directions, cash people out, deal with manufacturer sales reps, signs for orders, in addition to which they'll sometimes deal with UPS people, sign for orders and stock products, full towels, get coffee, check mail, deal with solicitors, and regardless of how well-trained you are or your technicians are, think about this, all of the money goes through the front of the house. Now, what's my point? My point is this. We found that when you have a well-trained front desk, instead of that front desk costing you money, it can actually make you money. I'll talk a little bit about this in the afternoon from the main stage how so many salons generate massive profit is they look at what would be called NIPs, non-income producing staff, and they look at how to turn a cost-centered area of your business into a revenue-generating area. And that's why we're all here today. And the, the word, if you could write this down, it's called pivot. Once you actually come to the realization that there's an opportunity and, op and opportunities beg for obligation, then you need to pivot. What does that mean? That means to make your move while keeping your center. Doesn't mean that you quit doing the things that you're good at doing. Doesn't mean that you lose your identity as a brand, but you make your move while keeping your center. Now, to give you an example, because sometimes we're so deep in the forest we can't see the trees, this particular company started off and their big, hairy, audacious goal was to really be a billion-dollar company within 10 years. And what they decided they were going to do is be the world's most popular shoe store. About three years into it, they decided that they were going to pivot. Things were working, but they needed to really level up. At the pace in which they were going, they were not going to hit that $1 billion goal within 10 years. So the focus changed from having the largest selection of online shoes to delivering happiness, which sounds like some California foo-foo stuff. How do you deliver happiness? What does that mean? Well, they simply looked at every single interaction that involved the customer. Every single touch point went, how do we reduce the touch points? How do we simplify things? How do we keep people on the happy path? Because online shopping at that point hadn't become what it is now. Right? There was a risk. Wait a minute. Think about this, ladies. When you go to buy shoes, 
you want to try them on. So that was a huge obstacle, and they weren't really going to hit that goal. So what do we do? Well, guess what? We can do free shipping each way. You can buy as much as you want, return. So they took everything that could have been a problem, and they decided to deliver happiness. And they redesigned everything that they did from the, the way they answered phones to structures, emails, et cetera, and so on. Here, here's the bottom line, what happened. Did they hit that goal within 10 years? No, they hit it in eight years, and they sold to Amazon for $1.2 billion, right? Pretty awesome. Amazon picked up a couple clues from them. So here's the experience indicator that we talked about with regard to what is important. But what I want to do now is get into some real tactical stuff. Now, typically, in the salon world, this is the typical flowchart. Right? The client decides they need to make an appointment. They call to make an appointment. They arrive. They wait in the reception area. They meet with the service provider. They discuss the need, receive the service, gather their belongings, pay for the service, and they depart. That's pretty standard, typical. Yes or yes? All right? Now, the question is, who here is driving most of the activity? Well, right here, the guest, the customer, is driving most of the activity. Right? I want you to write down two words. Client, three words. First, start with customer and then client, and then guest. I'll break this down. This is more than semantics. Anybody who spends or exchanges time and or money for a service or experience is a customer. Got it? Say good. Okay, so what's the difference between a client and a guest? I'll break this down. It's more than semantics. When the burden is on the customer, they are a client. When you remove the burden from the customer, they become a guest. I'll give you a very simple example. If you have an attorney... It's attorney-client privileges. It's your responsibility to provide your attorney with all the things. So the burden is on you for the attorney to do jobs. Same thing as an accountant. Are you clear? Say yes. All right? Now, if we take that customer, because they're all a customer, but, and now we think of them and we think for them, and we remove all the burden, right, and we guide them, we create an experience, well, gosh, they don't have to really think. And there's a science behind it because when you do this, they get to relax. Not, they don't have as much prefrontal cortex activity, right? Serotonin goes up. And let's talk about how we do that. Is everybody clear? Say yes. Okay, cool. So now we're going to flip the, help me out, script. Very good. So notice in this particular flight plan, we have Top Gun, and Top Gun makes a reservation. Now, I, I use Top Gun for people who are certified through our Disrupting Customer Service course called Top Gun Front Desk. And to give you a little quick backstory, my former brother-in-law was a Top Gun pilot in the Air Force. And so I asked Mike, so what's the difference between a regular pilot and a Top Gun pilot? He goes, well, it's interesting because Top Gun, you're supposed to take command of your entire airspace. And you're part fighter pilot, part air traffic control. I went, wow, this exactly describes metaphorically the responsibility of what it's like at the front desk to take control of your airspace, part fighter pilot, and part air traffic control, piloting all of the activity in the salon. So if you look at this, there's a big difference between making a reservation versus taking an appointment. We'll talk about that. Top Gun makes reservation, confirms reservation, welcomes with a five-step greeting, builds rapport, escorts the guests to the next service provider, stabilizes the guest experience, conducts clothes, generates retail purchases, promotes loyalty through gift cards, and then pre-books the guests, getting that cycle to cycle over and over and over. Now, who here is generating most of the activity? 
it's the front desk. And for some of you, that's you. For some of you, it's an employee that you have. But they are proactive in every single stage from one to the next. Because, you know, the person at the front desk is the first and last experience that your customer will see. And like we talked about earlier, a $12 an hour employee can actually lose you a $5,000 client. So no more receptionists. We go from reaction, just by rearranging it through training, and we get creation. Now, let's get into some very tactical stuff. What's the very first impression your new customers get of your business? Above your online presence, above your social presence, above your social footprint, when they're actually engaging with you, it's the what? It's a phone call, right? Now, I want you to think about this. What is it that you say... When the phone rings, ring, 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 ring. What do you say? Pink lady lashes. This is Shelby. Ring, 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 ring. Beauty wild. This is Jocelyn. Say it again. Beauty wild. This is Jocelyn. Okay. Beauty wild. This is Jocelyn. Ring, 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 ring. Lush lashes. Okay. Now we're going to add another layer to this. Imagine it's a busy Friday. You're stacked and packed. You get people checking in, people checking out. You got somebody who's making an appointment, right? The phone rings, right? And you have a lot of other things going on. What do you say? Ring, 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 ring. I don't answer. <laughs> yeah, you have to answer now because, right? Whoever's working the front desk is totally busy and she looks at you and she's like, ring, 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 ring. I don't, hi. I don't know. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. The Lash Fairy Lounge, this is Helena. Hi, Helena. Hello, how are you? I'm great. Good. Are you looking to book an appointment? I love how Helena has all this time when her phone lines are booked. <laughs> people are checking in. People are checking out. Right? What do we typically say? It rhymes with please bold. Please bold. Thank you. Yeah. It could be blah, 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 lashes, please hold. Blah, 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 please hold. Blah, 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 please hold. Yes? Now... Today we don't have time, but if you take one of our courses, I'll show you a video of actual customers talking about their experience and the, specifically the things they don't like as it pertains to interacting with the front desk. The number one complaint is what we call the thank you for calling, please hold. Right? First of all, let's break this down. And this is, the num this is usually what people will say, and then some of you went, thank you for calling, thank you for calling, thank you for calling. So if you think about what your current phone greeting is, I want you to consider something, right? We'll look at this, okay. Most people, now who came up with thank you for calling? Who, came, who decided that was a good way to answer the phone? Because if you think about that, that's not usually the way you interact with people. I don't think any of you went up to somebody yesterday at the party and said, hey, thank you, right? Thank you is not something that usually initiates the conversation. It's something that happens at the conclusion of the conversation. What's the name of your business? Bloom. Bloom. So if I say thank you for calling Bloom, this is land speaking, do you get this overwhelming sense of gratitude? No. So in a way, it's very insincere and inauthentic. Would you agree? So here's what I'd like to do. 
I need one volunteer, and you won't have to stand up. All you'll have to do is say, ring, ring. Okay, great. Kia, is it? Yes. Okay, everyone say hi, Kia. Okay, so Kia, what, what is the name of your business? Lush Lashes. Lush Lashes, okay. And what do you do best at Lush Lashes that you believe that nobody else in your area can do as well? We have the most amount of staff, and mm-hmm. so that we're able to service people. Um, we are typically booked out, but we're able to, if clients are flexible, we can typically find a spot for them okay. pretty quickly. And we are open long hours, and yeah, I mean, in regards to just yeah. service, right? No, yeah, I, I, I love it. We just do lashes only. So. I, I love it. Yeah. Good. KFC only does chicken. Yeah. Well, right? kind of. And mashed And potatoes. good rolls. Okay. With honey and butter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And coleslaw <laughs> and rolls. Ooh, yuck. Right. So we all just do something, but then there's right. the ancillary stuff, right? right? Okay, great. So here's what we're going to do. Okay. Lush lashes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So I want you to say ring, 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 ring. I'm going to answer, and I'm going to use what I call the Top Gun Wow grading. And we will unpack it and talk about it afterwards. Now, your job, everybody else, you have a very important job is to determine what's different about the way that I answer this phone versus what you typically do. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, go. Lush Lash. Er, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. We appreciate your call at Lush Lashes. This is Lance speaking. May I start with your first name, please? Kia. Well, good morning, Kia. How can I support you? Um, I'm looking to book an appointment. Oh, tremendous, Kia. And pause. Okay, give her a round of applause. Okay, what was that look? She was like, ooh. So... First of all, let's talk to Kia, and then we'll talk to some other people. What was that like from the customer standpoint? It was good. I mean, yeah. Okay, what was good about it? It felt welcoming and interactive, and like you were ready to meet my needs and take my request. Okay, fantastic. And what was different about it? Yes. Um, I would say the the big difference was that you kind of like how Chick-fil-A always says like my pleasure or thank you. It like makes you feel heard. So whenever you said her name back to her, it was kind of giving her a sensation of feeling at home, like feeling welcomed. Good. That's thank good. You. Began a connection. Began a connection. How did I begin that connection? Sorry. Uh, you mentioned her name. <laughs> you actually, before you just said, please hold, you didn't cut her off. You started a conversation. Okay, fantastic. Good. So let's break this down. All right. It's a five-step process. And there's a lot of different things I could have done. But when I first answer, I want to do something that we call a CIA. It's a defining statement. It's not the Central Intelligence Agency. It creates curiosity, interest, and attention. It could be something as simple as, it's a great day at Lush Lash. This is Kia speaking. May I start with your first name, please? It could be something as simple as... We do fuller lashes for fuller you, right? This is Kia speaking. May I start with your first name, please? It could be a lot of things, but it has to be very simple. Is everybody clear? Say yes. It should never be thank you, right? And keep in mind when you do this so well, at the end of which, the person calling in will thank you. That is how you know you're on the mark. Is everybody clear? Say yes. Curiosity, interest, and attention. And I'll give you just a couple lightning quick examples. I'm trying to get through this as, as quick as possible, but because I have some other things that I want to share, nine different modules. I'm going to handpick a few things to give you some tools to take home. Think about if it's a rainy day outside, and it's like if you live in a place that it's just like it's pouring rain, right? 
You can pick up the phone and say, the sun is always shining at Lush Lashes. This is Kia speaking. May I start with your first name, please? Now, what you've done, you're going to hear a little bit of haws. You're going to hear a slight chuckle. But what you've done is you've woken them out yes. of the, that hypnotic kind of robotic state. And it's a good thing, right? If it's really, really super hot, like you live in Arizona somewhere, and it's a hundred in hell, right? <laughs> You could pick up the phone and say, you know, and really be ironic about it. Like, come cool down at Lush Lashes Studio. This is Kia speaking. May I start with your first name, please? When it comes to New Year's, it's a new, it's a new you, a new year with a new you at Kia Lashes. Is everybody getting what I'm saying? Holidays, you can incorporate themes. Here's the rest of the structure. You offer your business name and your name. They need to know the name of the person speaking. They need to know the name of the business and the name of the person speaking. And then you ask for their first name. It's just the law of reciprocation. This is Lance speaking. May I start with your first name, please? And you always end with the please. Please sounds like a smile. Everybody got it? It's not like, can I have your first name? Right, this is Kia speaking. May I start with your first name, please? Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. Now, at that point... You address them by name and offer to help. Never put a guest on hold. Unless you ask for permission. But if we go back to number four, address them by name. Hi, Sarah. How can I support you today? Now, consider the fact that if Sarah wants to know what time you close because she has an appointment, if she wants to know where you're located because she's lost, if she wants to know the cross street or if you carry a certain product, all of these answers take seconds. And what you don't want is to put Sarah on hold, tying up a money-making phone line when you could have actually addressed what she needed in seconds. Keep in mind, if you're taking notes, that people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. So even if none of those are an issue and she actually is calling because she wants to know about a service... When you simply ask her, okay, hi, Sarah. Well, good morning, Sarah. How can I support you? I'd like to come in. I'd like to know, you know, what you charge for a full set of lashes. It's a great question. Sarah, I'm checking out with another guest right now. Would it be okay if I placed you on a brief hold and then got back to give you all the information you need about a full set of lashes? What do you think her attitude is going to be? Yeah, she's going to be really grateful because there's trust that happens because you acknowledge why she was calling. You told her that you were dealing with something else. And then you assured her that when you were done with that, you would get back in order to support her with what she needed to get done. You're getting her to her goals. Everybody picking up what I'm throwing down. Say yes. Okay, good. You like it? Say I love it. I love it. Awesome. Cool. So... That is what we call the wow greeting. Uh, by the way, just let you know, this is designed in order to reduce call time. We've actually timed it. You spend less time on the phone, but you deliver more value. You're going to have to get their name anyway. You may as well give yours, get theirs, say please, address them by their name, because the sweetest sound to anybody's ears is their own name. Isn't that right, Kia? Right? So if I keep saying that, every time I look at Kia, I'm going to call her by her name instead of hey you or something generic. Everybody get that? Say yes. Right? So you reduce call time and you increase value. Now, let's talk about the four reasons people call. When somebody calls, I want you to really get they're calling because they are, it rhymes with Pinterested. Interested. And 
there's four reasons that people call. We've talked about that. They're calling about service, prices. They're calling about hours of location or directions. Now, what typically happens, and I'll give you an example of this is a transcript. And now, this is a massage, but don't get bent just because you're like, I don't do massages. It's about delivering experiences, right? This is an actual transcript of a salon handling a question before training. Let's read. Thank you for calling a Halo Bright Salon and Spa. How may I help you? Uh, yes, how much are you body massages? Front desk. Our hour, half hour is 50, and our hour is 85. Caller. Okay, thank you. Front desk. You're welcome. Click. Now, this is the classic ask and answer. This happens more than you would actually want to believe in this industry. If you're being transparent, how many of you would be honest and transparent enough to say maybe this has happened in your organization? Thank you for that. Okay. Now, consider the fact that when that phone rings, it is either making you money or it's costing you money. So I'm going to give you some tactical skills. This is called the question answer close. The question answer close is designed to make sure that an interested customer doesn't hang up before securing an appointment or a reservation. This also can happen, think about this during the holidays, when you have people coming in and buying gift cards or asking, hey, do you, can I buy a gift card for my wife or do you sell gift cards for, you know, can I get one for my sister? So how this thing starts is there's always a question. Typically, we're by default, it's not something that we're trained to do, just by default, our habit, by default, if somebody asks us a question, we will give them as much information as we know about it. Would you agree? I want you to resist the urge to be brilliant. And here's what this is. This is really about resisting the urge to be brilliant, but really getting the guest to their goal quicker. Watch this. Now, I need somebody to be... Shelby, can you play the part of Tina? Now, she's calling in for a massage. This is an actual transcript from a salon that has been trained. Okay. So... All you have to do is say, ring, 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 ring. I'm going to be the front desk, okay? Go. Ring, 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 ring. It's a great day at Champion Salon and Spa. This is Jill speaking. May I start with your first name, please? Tina. Good morning, Tina. How may I serve you today? How much are your body massages? Great question, Tina. Did you want a 30, 60, or 90-minute massage? What sounds best for you? Well, an hour. Great, Tina. Well, that's only 75. Would you want that for you or for someone else? For me. Okay, tremendous. When would you like to come in for that massage? The beginning or the end of the week? What's better for you? Okay. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> All right? So let's talk about this. Well, first, I'll give this back to you, Shelby, who played the part of Tina. What was different about this approach as opposed to the standard ask and answer? You assumed that I was, I guess, interested enough to like go ahead and like book, and you were just... I guess, more caring about like what worked for me and just, I, I don't know. Instead okay. of just being like, this, this is how much it is. Exactly. I want you to consider something. They're calling because they're interested. Your job is to get them to their goal quicker with the least amount of interruptions. Zappos style, right? Now, if they really were just price shopping, most of them could go on your website. They could look at your menus, etc., and so on. Now, what most people do right here, and this is why it's called the question answer close. Everything is the same. Well, we change the greeting, but most people get, how much are your blank? 
Now, well, it's a full set, a redo, right? And then you go into this like diatribe. They're bored. What do we know? Bored people don't buy, right? Buying is an emotional component, right? We buy emotionally and then we justify it logically. Yes? That's what we do. So now, instead of giving them all of the options, some of which may not apply to them, right? We ask a question. And we're not asking a question for the purposes of evading or avoiding the answer. We're asking a question so we can get clarity and then customize an answer that is germane to their goal, right? Why am I going to tell her about a hot stone or couples massage or muscular neuromuscular therapy massage, hypothetically, and bore the, the crap out of her when I can just get clarity, 30, 60, 90, right? And then give her the information, etc. Question, you get clarity, you answer based upon that clear message, and then you give her a very customized answer. The idea is getting them to their goal quicker. Is everybody picking up what I'm throwing down? I'll give you one other example because one of the companies that I own or co-own, we do hair extensions, right? And we were voted best hair extensions uh, by Beauty Launchpad two years in a row now. I just got the news for this year, this morning. So here's what most people do. Thank you. Here's what most people do. Hi, do you offer hair extensions? Yes. How much are they? Well, you have to come in for a consultation. And then after we do the consultation, we'll be able to quote your price. Okay, thank you. Click. So now you're taking your highest earning service, right? And you're losing all these clients. How many of you think that you might be losing clients because of the way that we answer? Right. So instead, I want you to take a look at this quickly, and I'll give you some more systems. Right? This is, instead, it's a great day at Juice Salon Spa. This is Jill speaking. May I have your first name, please? Suzanne. Good morning, Suzanne. How may I serve you today? Do you offer extensions? Listen to her answer. Absolutely, Suzanne. What has you interested in extensions? Volume length or chemical-free color? Well, I guess a bit of each, but more volume. How much do you charge? Great question, Suzanne. Our basic volume starts at 150 and goes up to 650 depending upon your density and length. When would be the best time to have you come in for a consultation color match? The beginning or the end of the week? What's best for you? Are you there? Yeah. So all you have to do, you could do the same thing with lashes. Yes or yes? Same thing with lashes. Find out why. Find out really what their need is. It's not a one-size-fits-all, right? What has you more interested in lashes? This, this, or this? See, the minute you do that, they have to drop a level and I'll actually think about that. Now they own the answer. What do we know? People support what they create. So you're now giving them an opportunity to create something and they take ownership on it. Okay, great. That starts at this and can go up to this. When would you like to come in? Beginning or the end of the week. What's best for you? Monday or Tuesday. What's easier? Everybody got it? Say good. Okay, cool. So that's what we call the quack. Let me ask you something. How many of you do confirmation, either texts, calls, emails? It's kind of a necessary evil, right? And usually it kind of sounds like, hi, Susie. Yeah, this is Sally, and I'm calling just to confirm your appointment on Thursday for blah, 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 blah. If you have any questions, you know, call us back at 555-1212, right? And you hang up, and you got to do it for everybody else who's coming in. You hate doing it because the fact is it's a very low-value interaction. Yes? It's a very low-value interaction. Basically, it's like this. Hi, Kia. Yeah, this is Lance. I'm calling to confirm your appointment on Thursday at 2 o'clock because I can't trust you to honor your obligations like a grown adult, which is why I'm calling to bug you right now. 
And I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to bug like 12 more people before the next customer comes in. Call us if there's a problem. Hopefully you don't call. Thank you for not actually answering the phone. Click. That's what you're doing, yes? It is the lowest interaction. So I'm going to flip the script and give you two more things. I don't believe in confirmation calls. And some of you might be thinking, well, I don't call. I do a text message. doesn't matter. Are you adding value? Because the rub is, if you're not adding value to your customers, you're taking away their time. Consider the fact that this entire interaction is based upon mistrust. Consider the fact that a very small percentage of your customers flake out and pull no-shows. So consider the fact that you're punishing the majority of your customers for what the minority of them do. So how do we do this? And how do we actually make it a high-value interaction? Think about this. How many of you have ever purchased anything off of Amazon? Yes? Okay, great. Thank you. Now, the cool thing is they don't do a confirmation on your purchase. They do a contribution. They think of you and they think for you. Hey, people who've bought this have also bought this. I mean, I remember my girls moved away to college, and I decided I was going to buy some sheets for the and redesign everything. I love thousand thread count sheets. They're amazing. I look on Amazon. I'm going to save $230. I'm looking at this. This is perfect. Okay, great. Frequently bought together. Wait a minute. Frequently bought together. Luxurious queen-size Siberian goose-down comforter. I didn't even know I needed a, l- a luxurious queen-size Siberian goose-down comforter. Apparently, I did. So I add that for 139 all right, and I continue shopping. Now, the interesting thing is customers who bought that also, look, a set of two queen-size goose-down feather pillows. I need that. And I keep going. Do I get mad at Amazon? No, I don't get mad at Amazon, right? I can say yes or I can say no. They're not really attached. They're just really, they have an algorithm that thinks of me and think for me. So how do we do this when we go to confirm? Well, we can ask about things that might enhance their actual experience, right? And then listen for a way to make it happen and then lead them to their final appointment with all the necessary details. You know, I'll give you an example of what it looks like for some of my clients. Hello, Jill. This is Kim with ABC Salon. I'm calling to confirm your reservation for a color and highlight with Rick on Thursday at 2 p.m. We also have a manicure available. If you'd like to enjoy that with your treatment, please call us back at 555-1212. And we'll be happy to add that to your experience while it's still available. Thank you, and have an outstanding day. Now, everybody, read everything in red, starting with confirm. Ready? Go. Confirm, enjoy, add that while it's still available. If you think about that, you've got the system. Confirm, enjoy, add that while it's still available. Have a great day. Confirm, enjoy, add that while it's still available. Thank you. Have a great day. What are the things that you could potentially add and or include to enhance their experience while they're in your salon? The idea, although it does generate revenue, it's not about adding on the sale. It's about thinking of the guests, thinking for them, adding value. How often do your guests come to you? Think about this. If you have a guest that comes in 12 times a year, right? The other 352 days out of the year, they're not thinking about you. So how do you make sure that those experiences are interconnected and grand and vital? So the idea is not just filling the white spaces, but really looking at the fact that the people who are coming in are already committed. So they're already committed to spending time and spending money with you. This is great. It's in your favor, 
They're already coming in. So now you've got to think about considering the service that they're getting, what do you know could potentially enhance that service or enhance that experience and offer it to them? And here's the key word, committed and not attached. Committed and not attached. Not everyone's going to say yes, and that's okay. Now, I can tell you, this has been a huge revenue builder um, in the salon world. So this is just last week. We do this, our webinars. And we have spas, we have salons, we have all kinds of... We, do, we always do a high hitter and high roller. And we celebrate this every week. And th these are real numbers from last week. I was in New York and had to call in for the webinar. We had one salon generate 38.30. Another salon, Robert Chromian's in San Diego, 41 85 and another spa generates $6,230 in two weeks from the front desk. This is all front desk. This is not technicians. This is front desk calling and making these reservations. This is the front desk capturing opportunities, right? So we have a tracker because you got to track it to smack it. So we have a tracker. They fill it in. They submit it. And then we're celebrating this. Now, check this out. If you're doing $3,830 every two weeks, that means that's a run rate of $95,000 for the year. That means your front desk is paying for itself and then some. Robert Cromings, we're talking over $125,000 a year. Beliza, over $150,000 a year. If they're doing that every two weeks on a 50-week year. So at the end of the day, your front desk can cost you money or your front desk can make you money. All right? Now, you have questions? Um, what if, so say someone is fully booked that day? Yeah. Can't add I love this question. So Shelby says, what if somebody is booked that entire day and you can't add anything? All right? Because there's sometimes that you, you can't. Some services, you don't really need extra time. Like in, in the extension world, you can pop in a basic or partial volume or mini volume inside of five minutes. No added time. All right, so think about that. But I love this question because it doesn't mean if you work in a team environment, two or more people, you don't have to be the person facilitating it. And you got to come from this place of abundance, not scarcity. So if you're not the one or the person that they're with is not the one that can do it because they're fully stacked and packed, okay, great. Is there somebody else on your team? So if they came in early, could they receive something else before or after? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a service. It could be anything, think Amazon style, like anything that could potentially enhance their or contribute to their experience. It, it could really be anything. And I can tell you what's happening in the salon world right now is lashes are becoming this very, very popular niche, as you can look around and see here. But what's happening is people who are actually getting a color process and have X amount of time are actually now being offered lashes, right? Really, really interesting. Some of you just got nervous, but that's okay. <laughs> Take care of your customers. Never give them the reason, opportunity, excuse to see the inside of any other organization, and you will be a-okay. Now, with the time that we have, and gosh, you know what? I have so many different systems, but let me ask you something, team. How important is retail? Yeah, very important. Now, I want to transparently ask you something. I'm going to give you a, a couple 
skill sets around retail in order to increase retail with the time that we have. And there are some things that I was going to share with you that I'm just going to share from the main stage that will like, be applicable to everybody. With regard to retail, if you notice somebody in your retail site, and by the way, let me just say this. I don't care how big or small your salon or spa or organization is, please, for the love of everything that is holy, get rid of any massive large front desk that you have. It takes up square footage, right? You're paying for that square footage, right? Go to a small podium desk. If you do have somebody that works for you, put them on a wireless headset so they're not a slave to that front desk because it becomes a barrier. Go small. Now, that being said, if you notice, and retail, Anything above eye level is above buy level. So you want that retail eye level, between nothing below the knees, nothing above the eyes. You like that, don't you? <laughs> She's like, oh my God, it rhymes. So if it's above eye level, it's above buy level. So make sure that you're really merchandising your retail well. Now, if you have a customer and they are looking at any retail, what typically do most people who work there say to them, can I help you find anything? Now, it's funny because we know exactly what the hell they're going to say. I'm just looking. And we're like, oh, okay. But then we feel better about ourselves because we offer to help. But why do we offer to help if they're always going to say what they're always going to say, which is I'm just looking, right? So instead of that, because that conversation goes nowhere at all. What if you approached them and you said something like this? Are you looking to replenish something you currently use or looking for something different? That opens up the conversation. Would you agree? Now, all of a sudden, they have to answer. They're not going to look at you and say, no. (laughs) But they they will give you a no if you ask them a yes or no question. So this is designed to really open up the creative mind and get them to own something, right? Are you replacing something you currently use or looking for something special? Is this for everyday wear, evening wear, or something special? Here's my favorite. What are you almost out of, right? And you can even add the words at home. It really is a great anchor. What are you almost out of at home? Particularly for those of you, and I want to say this, all my friends, all my friends are in the salon and spa world, which means they're all physically deformed. (laughs) They are. You overextend yourself. I mean, yeah, your your core and everything. Having a strong core, very important. That's a different seminar. But there's no reason that just because you do lashes, you can't sell other things that people will need. People go to Target. You might go to Target to get dog food, right? But as you're going out, you're like, oh, I'll grab toothpaste. But then, you know, think about why those stores are crushing it in non-professional retail products. So just because you do lashes doesn't mean that you can't sell shampoo. Just think about it. I know it's out of the box, but you didn't come here to do business as usual. You came here to do it unusual. Yes or yes. Right? So as we begin to wrap up, what is your current home care regimen not doing for you that you wish it would do? Are you shopping for yourself or someone else? Is this for everyday wear, evening wear, or something special, right? Again, what are you almost out of? So this is a completely different approach. If I had time, I'd tell you how to deal with really nasty, angry customers. They're my favorite, 
right? They end up becoming your raving fans. If I had time, I'd tell you, you know, the best ways to actually greet a customer and then activate them in the way that Disney does to you and get you spending more money, even if you don't realize it. If I had more time, we'd go through all of these things, but we don't. But let me ask you this. Has this been valuable? Right? Has this been an hour of power? Okay, did you get more insight, information, knowledge, and skills that you can actually do something with? Okay, good. If you're interested and you want to know more, our next series begins in January. If you hit me up on social, Instagram is the best for me. I don't do a lot of the Facebook. But if you hit me up on social, I will send you the information and the cool thing is a lot of it is webinar, so you don't have to have airfare, hotel, flight. It's inexpensive. And then we also host the videos online so you can continue to revisit them like up to a month after the training and share it with some of your team members, which is really good. This has been one hour. We have nine modules, each module goes 90 minutes and then there's homework and then there's accountability. So we really take a tactical deep dive if you're interested. So yes, question. Going back to client touch points, what is your opinion on taking deposits for booking? So I have a booking system and any new client or anyone booking through the booking system has to put down a client deposit, like a credit card deposit. And I'm pretty sure that's a barrier to entry But for me, I'm like, well, at least I'm not wasting my time if somebody doesn't show up. So if they don't want to put down their money, I don't give you crap. But should I? I I think that's great. Is it a barrier to entry? Yeah, in some cases. But that can be really good because what is your time worth? Right? At some point, there's a lot more yesterdays than there are tomorrows. So if you spent one too many times waiting in the salon for a no-show... Right? At the end of the day, you can get bitter or you can get better. I think it's fantastic. Typically, I'd like to test the waters if somebody has done it and then we institute it. It's like this time, there's no fee whatsoever. Yeah. Just, you know, there is a policy and here's what it is. However, life does show up and we understand things happen, so there's no fee this time. Okay. And then you make sure that you pre book them. Yeah, my reoccurring, the ones that do pre-book in studio, they don't have to pay any fee. Because I'm like, you're pre-booking with me, yeah. there's, no, there's no fee. But if it, you go home and do it, then there's like a smaller deposit. Because I just say I don't know how to turn it off. For yeah, people. no, that's fine. I think, hey, listen, at the end of the day, there's not right and wrong. There's what works, what doesn't work, and what works better. Okay. And if that works better for you, that's fantastic. So thanks, everybody. God bless. Be well. And be good or be careful. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us today. That pretty much wraps up this episode. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at The Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. We need those reviews, guys. That helps us rank higher on iTunes. On behalf of my last buddy, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Lance Courtney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 